You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 5720 Ridge Avenue. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 p.m. One of my friends shared a video that I guess Raleigh would have liked because they uh, it was all about worship and fire and stuff. I, they, I, was, on, I, was, look, I was looking on Facebook... And uh, she was remembering her time at this church in D.C. Well, I don't know where the machine is. So I'll have to try it. That uh, she missed. Uh, she and uh, watching this worship time that they had put online made her miss it even more, and miss the pastor, especially who she felt real close to. And then uh, she was talking to her present church on Facebook, and she said, "Our meetings are very cerebral. It seems to me." you don't use the word cerebral, I don't know, it's heady, you know, a very cerebral, it seems to me, not, not too active, not too participative, albeit certainly more than others, I can imagine, and a little confession, she was longing on Facebook, like we all do, right, every day, so I was intrigued, I liked this woman, so I was intrigued, so I watched the video, and um, but it was, it was very interesting, that the pastor had preached a, a very prophetic sermon in the first service, and uh, so she said, because this was a video of the second one, her deacon had said at least that it was very prophetic. And so in the, in the second meeting, she decided to forego most of her sermon, which you're not going to get such a treat, but she decided to forego most of her sermon and just go right to the application. And the application was, our praise changes things. We, we make a difference. And so do you. So, so do we. We do. We make a difference too. Her sermon was about when Jeremiah was put in the stocks. You may never read Jeremiah, but it's really quite interesting. Uh, that's not him, but it's a 1968 rendition. The, uh, to one of the, the, the leader of the temple guard named Pasher, those of you who remember this, uh, put him in the stocks, put him, imprisoned him because he wouldn't stop prophesying in the temple courts. And I think this is relevant because I mean a lot of you feel like you're in the stocks right now. Just I'll just go right to it because I, I I know you know you're trapped in some way even right now in this meeting. This is where you should enter into this speech. Even you're imprisoned in your job. Some of you, you're you're stuck in some kind of relationship you don't really like, or just stuck in your feelings about what's going on with you. You're trapped in your addiction. Maybe I hope not, but there, there's probably somebody in the, in this room that's trapped in an addiction because our town is trapped in a lot of addiction all over so it wouldn't be surprised if it got to you too and um you some of you feel like you're just trapped in the you know like locked up in the u.s culture so you'll relate to what jeremiah said while he was locked up um i think i think and i think you should have a chance to say it right now too because um you what you went through might not be exactly what he went through but it might be just as troubling. So this scripture might be something you would say too. I'm going to read the white part. I had no idea what your screen would look like, so it's pretty tiny, but uh, do your best. Um, Kim, if you want to see it, just come right up here and look at it. You know, it's okay. I know. You know I, can't, I can't even see you right now. But it's, it's, um, I, I wanted to put it up there. I, I didn't know if you'd be able to see it or not, so just fake it or don't say anything. Because uh, well, well, I'm going to keep reading it on the mic, and you can just see what it says, and you can feel it. The idea is I thought it would be something that you would feel, too, because you feel locked up. 
and um, the pastor was preaching about this on that that day that I that I'm going to keep talking about. So you should participate. Jeremiah said, "I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. So that's the word of the Lord that's brought me insult and reproach all day long." But if I say, I will not mention his word or speak anymore in his name, his word is like a fi- fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. I hear many whispering, terror on every side. Denounce him. Let's denounce him. All my friends are waiting for me to slip, saying, perhaps he'll be deceived. Then we can prevail over him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior, so my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. Lord Almighty, you who examine the righteous and probe the heart and the mind, let me see your vengeance on them. For to you I have committed my cause. Sing to the Lord. Give praise to the Lord. He rescues the life of the needy from the hands of the wicked. Now that last part was the the main point of the pastor's sermon. She was saying that the solution to being locked up is to give praise to the Lord. Paul and Silas, you know, among the first missionaries of the church, the time they were locked up in prison and they were singing hymns to God and suddenly there was an earthquake and the prison doors opened and the chains fell off. We should go for it. We should believe it and we should do it. Sing praise to the Lord. You're locked up. Sing praise to the Lord. She said it about 500 times. You know, you know, what's, you know what he's talking about. It's about you too. What's the solution? Sing praise to the Lord. Try it. You know, that's what you're supposed to be doing. And I think even deeper, and what my friend, why my friend was putting it on Facebook, is because what she was going for and what she thought the pastor was going for is, is she wants to mean something when she goes to the worship meeting. She wants it to mean something, to be there. Doesn't want, doesn't want to just think about things as if you're going to do them sometime later. She wants to do things. She wants to be in the moment with the people of God, with the Spirit of God. She wants to do it. You know, we're persecuted. We're in the stocks. I tell the truth, and the leaders always come back with lies. I'm beaten down. My friends even turn against them. It's time to praise God. I need to do that. I need to get the whole cosmos loosened up here. I'm feeling restricted. i got to get out. How do I get out? Well, Jeremiah, when he was in the stocks, did that. I'm going to try that. Though no one cares that I'm needy, God rescues the needy. Praise God. Even though the wicked prevail for a time too long, God rescues those who praise him from the hand of the wicked. I'm going to believe that. I'm going to go with that. Let's be that. Let's praise God. Let's be rescued. What we're doing is not a performance. It's pleasant, but it's not a pleasantry. You know, it's it's a battle against the spiritual forces, seen easy to see now, and unseen, forces who oppose God and kill Jesus. That's what our praise is about. It's in their face. 
it's against that. It makes a difference what we do. So in the second service, the pastor sort of summarized it like that a little bit and said, instead of just keep talking about it, let's, let's, let's do it. And, and I, you may never have been in a church like this, but I have been for a hot minute at a time. So I'm calling it to the, calling it to the spiritual battle. This is time for a battle. And they, they kind of knew the, the drill. And um, they began to dance. And they began to sing. And it just went on. They began to, to clap. And uh, the choir went wild. They were, they're, all, they're always the ones that are biggest boosters. And the pastor just kept cheering them on from the, the uh, podium. And finally she said, there is a battle being won in here. And then they really went and this is all on YouTube. Now, just the thought of something like that, for some of you, might just scare the pants off of you. You know, I've never been in something like that, and I hope to never be that. You know, that just seems like way too crazy. And that, that's, that's quite all right. But, um, but I, like my, my friend, um, you know, we both kind of like getting fired up. I, I like getting fired up. Um, I might not dance with the best of them. I'm fairly reserved. And I always think I look a little silly if I'm dancing, even when I'm supposed to be dancing. When I'm not supposed to be dancing, like in some public place, well, then I really feel silly. So I'm, I might not be the wildest. You know, I might not clap my hands for half an hour because sometimes I think that seems kind of silly and I, I, you know, I, I just don't keep doing it. Um, so I'm, I'm not that much, maybe. Um, you know, my, my, sometimes my passion might be a little more like, a, like um, something that almost comes to fruit. You know, it's nice, but it might not get clear to ecstatic. You know, so it might be more like that, but that's okay. Regardless, I know that I am called to handle spiritual fire with some kind of confidence. And when I get together with the people of God, I would like to do that. I don't want to think that we're going to do it someday, maybe. I, want to, I just want to do it. I might not even last that long. I, I think that I should make a difference. I think Jesus says that I make a difference. And when I get together, I just want to make a difference. It doesn't matter what it is, really. I just want to know that we all kind of think that and that I can think that. I expect miracles to come my way. I might not know what they're going to be, but I'm a Christian. I follow the risen Jesus. Miracle is like in the DNA. And I just like to be there, right? So I long for that feeling of something inside really happening that also makes my outside even seem more valuable. Because if I, I come up against a lot of things every day that are saying the exact opposite thing. And I need something to keep motivating me, firing me up, so that when I go face those things again, I will remember that I'm valuable. I, I'd say I kind of long for it like a baby uh, longs for ice cream after they've had their first bite. He said, oh, I didn't know about this flavor. The Sayak Lintons try to not let their children have anything, right? Nothing like that. And my mother was force-feeding me at the time your child was born, practically, so I, I'm totally different kind of a baby. But um, they long for it. They get that first taste of ice cream. They start dreaming immediately of a pumpkin spice milkshake. You know, I saw one of those the other day. This is actual possibility. Pumpkin spice everything. Rachel even put a pumpkin-flavored pasta on, on Facebook today. You can see that my entire life is built on Facebook, and most of what I learned about what I'm giving you tonight came to me via Facebook. But um, what I was saying is that I, that I long for that uh, you know, feeling that something inside is really happening, 
that even makes my outside feel like something valuable is possible. Like a person maybe who has cataracts who really longs for the sight they once had. You know, it's like they have a memory of these things. I want that. I want to, I want to feel that again. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's like I'm longing for spring already, even though I've only had one day of full fall. You know, but I, but I still, I, I know what that's, I know it's coming, and I, I want to be there. I, I live, live, live that way. You know, you get the idea. I long for the sense that what we're doing makes a difference, and that my meager praise, you know, my meager love when I'm shaking someone's hand in the, in the, in the, at the front, you know, when we're doing that just a minute ago, that um, my little bit of faith, you know, my little bit of fire I brought in, if I put that in God's hands, it makes a difference. You know, it's magnified. It's part of the movement of goodness in the world that overcomes this evil that I experience all the time. I need that kind of miracle to, to go on. I, I need that inkling of miracle to blossom. Because I know, you know, especially at this age, you know, just, just the thought of it, maybe just, just the feeling that I might be meeting God, even when I'm not so sure what that is that I was just feeling, and I want to doubt it to death. But, but even just that, that little bit, you know, it, it helps me make me want, want to spend my days following God's lead right into eternity, which is what I really want, and I, and I know that. So I've been chewing on that video for a long time. I got all that just out of that video. I've been meditating on it for weeks now. I don't know. It really, it really got to me. And I wanted to talk about it uh, with you because I'm afraid that you're uh, criticizing us, and you're part of us. You're probably first in line for the criticism. Um, like my friend criticized her church for being very cerebral, not active, not participative. You know, maybe not as bad as those Presbyterians or as, as those Catholics or those Mennonites or whoever you disdain. You know, those people aren't as good as us. But, um, but bad enough, you know, to, so you feel you might miss most of the good things. And um, having that attitude, you might miss most of the good things that are even in this meeting. And when you go home, you might critique all the bad things you saw and have something to say about it to the people you're riding in the car with. That might be how you do the whole thing. So if this next part is not about you, don't listen to it. But I was, I was in a Pentecostal church for a, a hot minute and uh, in my youth, and we had some moving worship going on. I mean, sometimes we even got to dancing. And um, I wasn't sure I always liked that, but it was like on the video. And I have to admit that sometimes I thought, um, you know, this meeting is for people who need to be hit with a hammer with the hammer of God every minute to get something into their experience. I mean, what is this all about, really? Why don't they just be quiet and experience the presence of God? I mean, does God really need a 16-piece band to be worshipped? I mean, really? I'm sure he loves people who dance around, but um, no more than he likes the lame. I have a little conversation about myself. As I was yesterday going through the meeting, that's kind of the things I would say sometimes. And so I, since then, I spent a lot more time in luxuriant silence than in stimulating meetings. Because um, meetings express what I've got. They don't deliver it, right? But at the same time, I have to admit that, that quite often, like I just was doing in your meeting a minute ago, I've gotten over myself. And I said, 
okay, I, I, I don't care if I am so immature that I need to be hit with a hammer. Okay? I admit it. It's true. I need to be hit with a hammer. I'm mature, immature. I'm critical. I'm not feeling it right now. Hit me. Touch me. Hold me. Move me. Holy Spirit, because I need to get somewhere. I need to get fired up when I worship. So you see I'm kind of, how I'm kind of coming and going on this, and maybe you are too. But everywhere I turn, I keep meeting Jesus. It's very nice. Um, but even though I kind of just go with it, I did do some exegeting. Um, you know the word exegeting? Some speaker is going to say that to you again, especially if they went to seminary. How many seminarians are actually in here? How many people have gone to seminary or are in seminary? They, Allison says exegeting every time I talk to her, you know, because she's that smart. But um, they'll say it someday. And what they, what they mean is, um, I'm going to tell you what they mean so you'll know next time. What they mean is that they're, um, they're interpreting something. To exegete something is to interpret something. If I'm right, when you take uh, the Greek word for learning um, and you put the X in front of it, it means to get some learning out of it to get some interpretation out of what was just said. And you know, theologians in the 1600s coined that word to getting some, for getting some guidance. So I did some exegesis, as you can see on the video I was watching. I exegeted the video. I'm interpreting the heck out of it. Because there are some interesting things that they were into that I think you might want to try on if you really want to have some fire, which I hope you do. But before I get there, and this is going to be a few more points, I just want you to keep going back to the main point that Jeremiah was giving you. That if to, even to understand anything I just want to say, which is very simple, you're going to have to believe or you have to get some inkling that it's possible that you yourself matter. That in, just by the basis that Jesus just says it, you make a difference just as who you are and who you've become in Christ. And that really, if you, if you, if you will admit it, you are a miracle all the time. It's a miracle that you're alive, for one thing. But where you've come and how you relate and what you know is a miracle that most people aren't even experiencing. And you have to, I think you should take that. You might miss it. You know, if you open your mind, if you open your heart, you'll probably see the miracles all around. Because if you came into the room and you didn't see the miracles that were all around, and you, and you even know these people's stories in the room, and they didn't impress you that way, you didn't see just what God is doing and what miraculous things are happening in these people's lives, you might be missing it. I don't know if that even should be that unseen, but they, their story is like a miracle all the time, and they can show you how God is at work in them. If you miss God's promise, if you don't see what you've been given, you're kind of leaving some kind of stuff on the table. If you don't praise God for it, you're missing a, an appropriate reaction. And it might blunt the fire that's trying to get built up in you. So I got three points to, about how these dear people in the worship, uh, worship meeting, who aren't much different than you, I would have shown you their video, but they actually took it down for some reason. <laughs> but uh, they're, just, they're, like, they're just like us. Um, how they applied this teaching and got out of their cerebral prison. These points are all uh, pretty similar, so I don't think you'll get confused, and, I, and I, I just wanted to keep going over it so you'd have some time to think about it. And they're all kind of tiny. They're all tiny points, so I, 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 they're really kind of anti-cerebral. It's because they're so small, 
and I and I because I've kind of gotten used to being taking the tiny steps I can take. He had like the, the other day, Gwen pulled was talking to our friends. I was just talking about visiting us, and she she opened the drawer because we were putting stuff away, and she pulled out um, one of these tiny spoons that are, that are in there because I have like I have nine grandchildren, so we have lots of we have lots of silverware, lots of plasticware. So she pulled out the one little one. She said, "This is a baby spoon." The grandchildren like to eat yogurt with Papa with a baby spoon because that's how Papa eats yogurt. He eats yogurt with a baby spoon, which I do. This is my important picture of a baby with a spoon. I would have come just for that picture. I like them. Uh, don't tell my grandchildren, but along with just the, 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 um, the pleasure of eating with them with a baby spoon, it's a symbolic thing for me to eat little, little uh, to relish a tiny spoonful of things and really see what I'm getting, which is that little bite, that little morsel. This is sounding weirder in a minute, right? I, I, I really like this. Lest I just eat a, a whole table full of stuff and leave wanting. So, I've, so I kind of reduced myself more and more until I, I really like eating with the, the baby spoon. So these, these little points I'm giving you are little baby spoonfuls of things. And, they, they, and if you need a big feast, you won't, you're not gonna get it from me, obviously. You know, so I'm sorry. Maybe you won't feel fed when you're gone. I don't know. But um, they all come from my admiration for these um, thousand people dancing with praise on YouTube. So that's, that is really great. I gotta get me some of that. What made their meeting full of fire and not just their own thinking about themselves or thinking about what they ought to be doing, but weren't? What was it? One thing, they showed up. That's a picture of people around a fire. I mean, what's this meeting about? I mean, it, it, it's about a lot. There's a lot going on here, and, and we'll, there's more to be done when, when happen when I'm done. Um, but it certainly has the spirit of meeting the Lord's desire, doesn't it? The Lord wants to, to kindle fire. I've come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. And we're the, we're the fire pit. We're the, we're the fire ring. I mean, don't, uh, maybe this isn't how you work, but I was just thinking, surely when you get in your car um, or you leave your door if you're walking to this meeting, I mean, isn't it because you wish that the fire of the Lord was already kindled? Why else would you be doing this? I mean, aren't you just going with Jesus's desire? Isn't, isn't that what you want? I mean, don't, wouldn't you like to, don't you want to be there, not just be getting there? I mean, that's, that's what I want. This meeting um, is good for that. I mean, it's certainly not very good for being enter to be entertained, right? Um, I mean, sometimes this meeting is entertaining and maybe sometimes for the wrong reasons, but because some weird thing happens. But um, I don't think it's really good for being entertainment. And I don't think it's really good to feeling really satisfied that you've experienced some great show or some great event. I mean, it's nice. It's amazing what we can do with five loaves and two fish, but, you know, that's not really what it's about. And it's really not just for getting um, uh, spiritually or intellectually fed, although if, unless you examine every morsel of goodness that's coming at you like my grandchildren uh, examine their food, you know, you'll, you'll undoubtedly get some kind of food. When you're here, it's it's mainly for participating in the work of transformation. I mean, it's mainly about that. 
uh, like the pastor was saying, praise is part of the battle. We, we show up to be in defiance of the powers that would put us in the stocks. We, do, we, we are the, the people of God. I'm, I'm God's, God's man. You're, you're God's woman or man. Or, and and, and we, we show them who we are. I'm a public worshiper of God through Jesus Christ. And it makes me somebody. Just by doing that, if I'm aware of what's really going on, I actually be, uh, have my own sense of value um, more on fire. It, it burns. It burns within me. I don't just leave it in my bones. I actually express it. I think that's what those people in the video were doing. You know, what, what made their meeting full of fire? Not just full of their own thinking about themselves or thinking about what they might be doing but weren't. They, they followed the leader. They followed the leader in the Bible. They had a really great leader. I mean, I was, I was admiring this woman. I kind of wished I was more like her. But she was a lot like Paul. I was expecting Timothy to follow his lead. He said, he, I don't think he felt embarrassed to say, yeah, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God that you received when I put my hands on you. He's reminding him to be that person. And Timothy did it. The pastor in front, in front, in front of this uh, congregation said, we need a war dance. I don't know what I would do. Uh, probably dance. Uh, but we need to exercise our God-given right to demand our freedom, to demand justice, to demand joy, that that's mine and I'm going to take it. Even when you're suffering, she is saying, you need to lift up your voice like Jeremiah did in the stocks. Because Jeremiah was right. The evil people were doing evil things and we shouldn't go with them. So instead, even when he was in prison, right out there in public where people are throwing stuff at him, he said, no, he started to praise God. That's what he did. And we're still reading about him. So the people of the, her church followed her. They followed her leading and the Bible, just like Paul was telling Timothy. And we try to make things that personal, too. I, I think you know this. We, have, uh, we say we have disciples. All our leaders work with an apprentice. You probably know the word apprentice, right? Uh, not, not Trump's TV show called The Apprentice. Wasn't that what it was called? Not, not, not the best example, but um, the, good, the good idea of the, being the apprentice. But the seminarians were talking last week. They said, well, maybe we shouldn't even use the word disciple anymore. You say we, we, we are disciples or making disciples and all that. It sounds kind of hokey to them. And they weren't, weren't, weren't sure we should just get rid of the word, maybe. We'll, pro we'll probably keep using because um, it means a lot the same as an apprentice. It, but it, it, if you translate the Greek word, it comes to a good facsimile in English about a word that means a person who follows a leader, a person who emulates the leader's character, a person whose life is trying to match the leader. You know, not, not a robot, um, but, a, but a learner, a, fr a free person who receives the gift from another person um, that's being given them. I mean, we're, we should all probably be one another's uh, disciples at one, in one way or another because we are receiving the gifts another person gives us. Chances are, if you're really serious, you probably do emulate a person you've given yourself over to really see how this works. You know, how do I do this? Teach me. You know the Lord. I want to know the Lord, too. It's a miracle to make a disciple, it's also a miracle when you can get over yourself and follow the Spirit of God in another person. 
If you come to this meeting, and, you're, and even right now you're just sitting alone, and you're having just a one-to-one cerebral time with me, which is okay. You know, but, but really what you should be doing is sorting out, how am I being discipled? How is the Spirit of God coming to me? And how am I going to respond to that? You know, you're much more important than just being a person in a seat listening to a speech. Surely you didn't come here just to do that. That would be beneath you. You know, you're, you're a disciple of Jesus and, you know, maybe a disciple of one of your mentors or another person who's guided you. But certainly important enough to have an opinion about what's going on and a decision to make about what you're going to do. I think if you, if you resist the whole time you're in your cell meeting and you won't even take these people into your heart or sort out what Jesus is giving you, because you're trying to kind of um, protect your tiny power that you use to protect your tiny self, you know, um, that's kind of self-destructive. And, you, and nothing's going to flame up. Nothing will get where it's supposed to go. Just one more thing. What made their, feeling, their meeting full of fire and not just full of their own thinking about themselves or thinking about what they ought to be doing but weren't? They let their little fire get bigger. These people are in Washington, D.C. They live in the black part of Washington, D.C. It's a very segregated city. And when they came to their meeting, they were ready to start a fire because they are kind of like in the societal stocks all the time. And so they took it seriously. I don't, they didn't have a lot of uh, white privilege or something to spend. They had spiritual necessity or power. And they were, they were working it. They were trying to get it. They let themselves believe that they were important and they didn't quench the spirit. They wanted to be involved with, with God as God is changing the world through Jesus Christ. And I think it's just miraculous when normal people actually do that. You know, people who don't get written about in a book because they're a saint or something. It's just regular people. Like, I love what you guys are doing when you're trying to discern about this building. Uh, what's, the, what's the address? 3297 North 29th. This place might move here from here sometime into another building. And one's on the, the horizon. Decent bones, total wreck. Um, you know, it's down by the Croc Center, down by Baker Square in that south of Germantown. So full of hope to dream what can be. I think that's miraculous that a little group would think about that even. Circle of Hope is definitely built on uh, regular people who dream miracles, like the thrift store Julie was just talking about. You know, sometimes in spite of themselves, they they dream things. You know, you you may be tired. Um, you may you may feel old. Uh, you might be like you're 40 or something. You know, um, you might be cranky. You might be hard to get along with. You know, you don't like to have these stakeholder meetings where people argue with each other or something. But even so, you let the fire burn. Some of you are young and might do anything. That that's awesome. You let the fire burn. So I was inspired by to see these people in Washington, D.C. stoking the fire with their praise. A little crazy. Not maybe my culture or personality, but, but, but awesome. I lit the fire out, too. I, I try to work on it, too. 
I've been trying to, to pass this whole idea about these wonderful people in D.C., just passing it on to see what you'd do with it, because it hit me right in between the eyes when I saw this video. I've told you their story. You know, what are you going to do about it? What, what, what would you do with it? I've, I've been, been working with it, been chewing on it. I, I gave you all my Bible verses. I gave you great Bible verses. You know, they're classics. You know, did they, did they just wash over you? I was hoping they wouldn't. I was hoping they would actually start some fire. That's what, they, that's what the people who wrote them intended them to be. They didn't want them to get all, you know, washed out in uh, 21st century United States. Reinforces the idea that you matter and that unseen miracles are all around you. I made baby points about the two wings of that propel our church. This, this meeting that we're in and ourselves, these things that we do right, right out in public that are miracles waiting to happen all the time. What we're doing is profoundly alternative at Circle of Hope because we based it on the premise that you would actually matter, that if we gave people the freedom to do it, they would actually do it. They wouldn't just stay in their stocks figuratively because that's what they're used to, but they'd actually take their own church, live with the Spirit of God, and they would actually make something of themselves with God's help, and they would change their neighborhood. They would change the city. They'd be responsible for their own church. They would actually agree to a real covenant. They would bind themselves in love with real people, that it could really happen. And we wouldn't just be talking about what should happen or have it just happen in our heads. They wouldn't quench the spirit. When I parachuted into Philadelphia with Gwen and the family uh, back in the day, um, we did have a Jeremiah kind of like dream about what might happen. It wasn't so new. It wasn't, wasn't profound. I just thought that God was ready to make the next generation of the church with the next generation. And um, we wouldn't have to get tied up in dead stuff. And, and I must say, it still feels like a miracle that from the first office here, this is where the first location was, up in front of Eddie's tattoo. That's where you had your first office, first piece of real estate in the city down on South Street that um, we've managed to get here. You know, I don't, you guys don't even, half of you guys don't even know me, which is great. You know, and we had this amazing thing happening in all these different ways. People wanted to do it. So when I'm tempted to fret that we're not big enough, do you feel big? We're not, uh, we're not uh, great enough not smart enough in comparison to all those other wonderful people. Um, I take out my baby spoon and I dip into the miracle of that God has presented to me. All that has been, all that's actually present right here in the room. I, ta I, 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 I take out the spoon and, and take a little bite because it's right here. And all that's going to be. And I, and I enjoy it. Mary Booker representing us on the border down in Arizona last week. She's part of our church. It's a miracle. Jimmy Wetzel, Mr. Recovering Addict, as he's glad to tell you, now managing the, the thrift store down on South Broad. Rebecca Edwardson. Enough said. But, the, but you know, multiplying a cell, you know, and, and working so hard on the building. All the people who I'm not going to name, you know, who make all the unnamed sacrifices, all the things they do to share their money and their love, their love, their love, you know, just they, they, they do that. 
And it's, it's a miracle. So the people who are hanging on to their faith just by their fingernails, and they keep showing up, figuring out what, you know, just hoping that God's going to take them to the end. There are sparks everywhere. So then one last charge, just one last screen. It's the challenge, you know, you, you heard it in the scripture over and over again. I tried to make it in little pieces so that you could take it. You saw it in the example of the, the, the church in D.C. Jesus is, is kindling fire, of course, you, but you're the partner. You're the one who's, who's going to receive it and express it, and you mustn't shut it up in your bones. I don't care if you dance in the aisle, that's not the point. But you know what it means. You know what God has been telling you if you've been listening at all. You know, what's, what's shut up in my bones? You know, what needs to get out? Where do, I, where do I need to burn? It's our constant question. Because you're going to go out in the world, you know, into your job, whatever you do. You know, you know what's going to happen. They're going to try to shut you up. They're going to try to dampen you down. It's the constant battle. Jeremiah gets put in the stocks. Jesus is on the cross. We are going through what we're going through. The trouble's in a, inside and out. Jesus rises again. Jeremiah makes a prophecy that lasts for hundreds of years. What you're doing stuff too, that constantly makes a difference. We're gonna have to stay in the battle. So before we talk back, just pause again and, 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 and let yourself be alone with God. Alone with God. And, and think about making a plan about that. Respond in some way in the quiet. If you didn't hear anything, listen right now. Listen. Miracles are about to happen. Might be unseen right now. Don't need to miss them. Believe it. We praise you, Lord. You are good. And you are good to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.